0: Uh, They will return uh, during the end of our worship time together. Let us begin with a word of prayer, inviting the Spirit into this place and time. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together tonight. We thank you for the ability to be here. We ask that your spirit within us now move, that you allow us to be open to hear your voice, to hear your word, that it impacts us, that it transforms us, that we are your new people working in your kingdom this day and all day. Amen. Our scripture reading tonight comes from the first book of Samuel. That's in the Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 16, if you have your Bibles or Bible apps with you, I think it will be on the screen too. 1 Samuel, it's pretty close to the beginning. Hear these words from the prophet Samuel. When they arrived, Samuel looked at Eliab, and thought that must be the Lord's anointed right in front of him, but the Lord said to Samuel, "Have no regard for his appearance or stature, because I have not selected him." God doesn't look at things like humans do. Humans only see what is visible to the eyes, but the Lord sees into the hearts. Next, Jesse called for uh, <laughs> Abinadab. I always say Abinadab to, with the B there. Abe, what's going? who presented himself to Samuel, but he said, the Lord hasn't chosen this one either. So Jesse presented Shema. but Samuel said, no, the Lord hasn't chosen this one. Jesse presented seven of his sons to Samuel, but Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord hasn't picked any of these. Then Samuel asked Jesse, is that all of your boys? Well, there's still the youngest one, Jesse answered, but he's out keeping the sheep. Send for him, Samuel told Jesse, because we cannot proceed until he gets here. So Jesse sent and brought him in. He was reddish-brown, he had beautiful eyes and was very good-looking. The Lord said, that's the one, go anoint him. So Daniel, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him right there in front of his brothers. The Lord's Spirit came over David from that point forward. Then Samuel left and went to Ramah. God bless the reading of Scripture today. Welcome. I want to welcome all of us joining online through our podcast and everything else. We are in the sixth week of our game plan series, and we started with this prayer. God, show me your will for my life. That's what we've been looking at. God, show me your will for my life. We talked several times in several weeks over what that really means. How can we understand God's will for our lives? Last week, we ended with the affirmation that one of the ways we can understand God's will for our lives personally is to understand Scripture, to understand God's thumbprints on us, the gifts and graces that we have, and to understand that God speaks to us through wise counsel through our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ but we still need to pray this prayer, the prayer we started with. God, show me your will for my life. As we end today, I want to deal with those of us, really many of us, who find it sometimes difficult to pray that prayer. So let's talk about some of you with resistance to that idea, to resistance to even praying that prayer. God, show me your will for my life. Maybe you have resistance to the idea of God, period. Maybe you just don't think God is that interactive with us. Maybe you are in a place where you feel good about where you are. You don't think God has much more left for you to do. Maybe you think you've gotten to a point in your life where God can't use you. Maybe you think you have too much baggage. Maybe you think you have too many problems. Maybe you think you're too young For God's plan to be realized. Maybe you think you're too old. You've lived too much life or not enough life. What does God have left for you? Maybe you think you figured it all out. You don't need anybody else to help you. You understand where you're going. So you don't need God right now. Where are you when it comes to the question, God, what is your plan for my life? Here's the reality. All of the excuses we make, all of the obstacles we put in front of ourselves, and we're the ones developing those obstacles, really comes down to the understanding we have of how God views us. A lot of our problems come from assuming God thinks of us like we think of us. Right? We assume God thinks the same way we do. We think God takes God's cue about us from us. This might be a little complicated, I understand. Some of you might be having a good day. You got here to church? Feeling good about it? Going to volunteer at the Chili Supper? Right? And you're feeling good about yourself, so you think God must be pleased with me. Maybe some of you are in a different spot. Maybe we have somebody listening tonight on our podcast this week who just doesn't feel worthy to even be here or or doesn't feel like God wants anything to do with them and so they don't think God's plan is really part of that. We think God sees us like we see us. Think about that for a moment. Think about that. Just spend a minute and think about that. When you think about how God thinks of you individually, how do you think about that? You probably attribute God's feelings of you to your feelings about yourself. Whether you're feeling really good or whether you're feeling really bad. But what if that's not true? What if Jesus was right when Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father. What if God views us like a child? What if God views us like God's child, God's son or God's daughter? When you look at your children, do you see their past? From the moment most children are born, parents are looking at what? Their future. They're planning ahead, even when they're little babies, to what will be. Hopes and dreams. Parents tend to naturally think about what will be for their children, and they want the best. What if God thinks about us like that? What if God doesn't think about your mistakes or your past or your giving up? What if God thinks about your future? What if when you pray, God, show me your will for my life, God is celebrating the future God has planned out for you? Maybe your age doesn't matter. Maybe your past doesn't matter. Maybe your baggage doesn't matter. Maybe your good days don't matter. Maybe your bad days don't Matter. Maybe God has a future for you, regardless of where you are, regardless of what you think you are capable of, regardless of what you think how good you are or how bad you are. Maybe God has a future for you, regardless of what you think. So, our Bible story today illustrates that point, I think, miraculously. This in Samuel, 1 Samuel. The story of the, the beginning of the kingdom of Israel is the story of how King David, as a child, became king of Israel. It's a wonderful story. At this point in Scripture, there was a king. All right? His name was Saul. Not Saul who would become Paul in the New Testament, a different Saul. This is the first one who was king. All right? You got that? It's confusing. I understand got to mix it up every once in a while. This is the first Saul. He was the one that looked good on a horse, so they made him king. not joking about that. That's why they made him king. So he was king. But instead of praying this prayer, God, show me your will for my life, your plan for my life, Saul was more interested in what other people thought and what other people were doing. And so God said, I think it will be good if I anoint a new king. And so he, he goes to the prophet Samuel, God, goes to the prophet Samuel who had anointed King Saul and said, Samuel, go to Jesse because one of his sons is the new king and you will anoint that child. So Samuel goes to Jesse's house and he gets them all together and he has a big party. You can imagine it's like choosing prom king, right? I mean, or queen. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. So all the people, you're going to be king. So all the people come, the whole family comes. Of course, Samuel's got to be like, well, there's this other king, so let, don't get too excited about it. But this is what's going to happen. And they call all of the family together, except one. So when Samuel arrives, the Bible says, he looked at Eliab. This was the oldest boy, Eli. And he said, wow, this is, this is the one. He's standing right there. He's, you know, big and strong and handsome. This is the guy. Samuel thinks that as soon as he sees him, he's like, yep, this is the king. He's going to look great on a horse. Samuel hears from God, no, this isn't the one. The Lord says to Samuel, have no regard for his appearance or stature because I have not selected him. We'll come back to that a little bit later. Now, in fact, this is interesting. God is telling Samuel, I do not see like you see. I do not have the same set of eyes that you have. I don't just look at the outside. I look at something more. And if you look at the entire Bible through this lens of the fact that God does not see like we see, the whole Bible starts to make a lot more sense. God decides. It's God's will. This is part of God's providential will. I know, making sure. This is part part of God's providential will. God decides to make a nation. And that nation is going to be birthed from two people. And so what does God decide to do? God finds Abram and Sarai, two 90-year-olds who have no children. And God says, they are perfect. They are going to produce the nation of Israel. Sarai laughed when she heard that news. Abraham didn't believe it. They got their names changed if you're confused. Abraham and Sarah. They before that they were called Abram and Sarai. It's confusing. I understand. So you gotta read it because it, you know, get used to it. They were old. They were in their 90s, literally, when their son was born. God said, I'm gonna choose them. And they're gonna birth a nation. And they did. And their son had sons, and his sons had sons, and then there was a whole nation of Israel. Then that nation of Israel gets enslaved in the the land of Egypt, away from their home, and God looks out and says, who am I going to send? Who's going to go and free my people? Who's going to go to Pharaoh, a man who thinks he's God, who everyone else thinks is God, powerful as an army, one of the most powerful people in the world at that point, Who's going to go to him and say, Let my people go? God says, Moses. That's the guy. Moses who can't speak. Literally, Moses who cannot talk. Moses says himself to God. I have a slow mouth and a thick tongue. I can't even get the words out of my mouth to say, Let my people go. It's not like the Charles Heston, right? You know, Moses could literally not speak. He had he had maybe a speech impediment, maybe just could not speak. God says it doesn't matter, it's not about you. They're not going to be saying Moses went and saved his people. They're going to say God came and saved the people. So we're going to use you, Moses. And I'll give you the words. Fast forward a few hundred years. The church was just beginning. God had told those first few Christians, I'm going to send you out and you're going to make disciples of all nations. God says, who am I going to send? Who's going to be that person to take the church from Jerusalem over into Greece and Rome and Corinth, Ephesus? Other fancy words. He says, I'm going to get this guy, Saul. (laughs) Who would be Paul? I'm going to choose this guy this guy that is murdering Christians, this guy who is arresting, this guy who has devoted his life as a young man to destroying the church, that's the guy I'm going to turn into a church planner. That's the guy who I'm going to let write two-thirds of the New Testament. That's the guy. Because I do not see like you see. Because God does not look at the outside. God looks from in. In truth, it's hard to find any good people in the Bible, save Mary who wasn't really old enough to have made any mistakes yet, and a couple guys named Joseph. Besides that, everybody in the Bible is a screw-up. They messed up. There are alcoholics and adulterers and cheaters and liars and murderers, people who were too old, people who were not old enough. But God did not see what humans saw. Verse 7 in... Uh, Samuel 16 says, God doesn't look at things like humans do. God sees only what is invisible to the... Humans see only what's visible to the eyes, but the Lord sees into the heart. God reminds Samuel that all of us, when we look at other people, we see what we see, but God sees something else. God sees inside. That means what you did yesterday... Is of far less concern to God as to what you are supposed to do tomorrow. God redeems, God restores. The Bible is a story of redemption and success of future narratives, not past dwellings. God wants to talk about today and tomorrow. This is why, for many of us, the greatest thing you see as an obstacle for answering God's prayer. What is your will for my life? The obstacle you see is often what God will use to use you for God's plan going forward. Time after time when people are open up to God's will in their lives, God uses that one thing, whatever it is, that obstacle that we say, no, there's no plan for me because of this, that, or the other thing. God uses that, that baggage, the inexperience, the old age, The pain, the struggle, the attitude issues, the abuse, the addiction. God uses that obstacle to do great things. Because your estimation of you does not impact God's estimation of you. Your opinion of yourself and your gifts and your graces don't matter a whole bunch to God. Because God has a much different opinion of you, and God has a future for you. In fact, God is willing to leverage your past to bring you into that future. God is willing to redeem that past, transform that past, use it. So our story continues, as we read earlier. Jesse calls for, you know, the next son and the next son, seven sons, and none of them are to be kings. And so Samuel asked this really weird question as, as these seven sons have gone by. Samuel says, um, did you forget to invite one of your boys? And in fact, they had. Because, you know, David, the baby, he was a little clumsy and awkward and he spent all his time with the sheep. So it wasn't him right? You know, he was a goof. He was a little kid. It it wasn't him. It couldn't be David, so they didn't even invite him to the party, because it couldn't have been him. So Samuel says, go get him, and we're going to sit here awkwardly for a few hours while we wait, because we can't go on until David is here, and David comes. And and the Bible says, don't, don't look past this. The Bible says, he was reddish brown, you know, his beautiful complexion. He had beautiful eyes, and he was very handsome. But all of the other boys were very handsome. They all looked good. Jesse had some good-looking boys, right? All any of them could have been king. But God didn't look at where appearance. God saw something inside of David. God says, that's the one, anoint him. Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him right there in front of his brothers. The Lord's Spirit came over David from that point on, and the rest of the evening was really uncomfortable and very confusing. they They didn't write that in the Bible, but that's my commentary at the end of there. And Samuel left, and Jesse and David's brothers stood around confused. Because this is before David goes and fights Goliath, if you know the story. And so they just left him at home. Well, they went to war. The king, the anointed one. They just left him at home. When he came to the battlefield and he said, I'm going to take that Goliath on, they laughed at him, the king, the anointed one. So even after this happened, his brothers and his father could not see what God saw. But God saw something. Even looking forward, assuming God knew all the decisions David was going to make, and I'll, spoilers, not all good ones. <laughs> it, gets, it gets pretty spicy in that part of the Bible. <clears throat> Some not, bad, not, not very good decisions at that point. Despite all of that, God still saw something in him. God still had a plan. So once we realize that, that God doesn't see us like we see us, we can pray, God, what is your will for my life? And if you don't believe me, you can just look at the gospel, because for God so loved the world that he gave his only son for us. Jesus came for us. He lived, he died, he rose again, he lives today. The Spirit is alive in us. For us, because God has a plan for us. God wants us to be part of the big plan, the big game, the salvation of everything, the resurrection of the world, new life and the kingdom for everyone. So, what if instead of making excuses, what if instead of saying, well, I got it all figured out, or no, it's too late for me, or "You know, this, that, or the other thing, what if we really prayed, God, what is your will for my life? God, what is your will for our church? God, what is your will for our world? What if we laid all those excuses, all those obstacles at the cross? What if you laid your entire past at the feet of Jesus and prayed that God would show you God's plan for your future. Amen. We move from God's will, I hope after six weeks, you have some understanding of what God's will might look like in your life. If not, you can go review any of these series any of these teachings. Spend more time in your Bible and talking to other people. We are transitioning next week to making sense of the Bible. So we it, today, even tonight, there was a couple Saul's and some Joseph's, and it gets confusing. So we're going to try to make sense of the Bible so that we can have that as our guidebook, as our planning book, as our great affirmation of God's grace in our life. So as we respond to that good news that God does, in fact, have a plan for us, let us pray the prayer that affirms that, the prayer that Jesus Christ taught us in the language we use traditionally, and will be found on the screen, the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray this together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us now move into the prayers of the people. Sometimes we get confused.